Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. I don't think you're ready for what's about to happen. I'm not ready for what's about to happen. Waiting backstage right now, Lunell is here. A hundred credits. Every TV show, every single movie that has made you laugh, she has popped up in, and she's on tour. She's coming to Philly. She's coming to New York. You need to get your tickets. Everybody get ready because she is here. God knows what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be amazing. Uh, so if you're in New York, make sure you go to carolines.com, or if you're in Philly, get all the info at heylunell.com. Are you ready? I'm like a fan. I'm so excited. Do you remember a moment in time when there was a movie out called Borat and someone came in and stole the show? Well, this next perform, I, I also kind of sort of have, was obsessed with it. I mean, I just maybe made this little moment because <laughs> it made me laugh. Our next performer has been stealing the stages and screens and I am so honored and excited that she is here. You've heard her voice, you've seen her comedy, the queen. Lunell is here. You're here. Hello, darling. <laughs> you are. I am so honored and excited to have you here. You are so gracious and generous. Thank you so much. It is my absolute pleasure. Well, I was reading about you. Lunell, you're from Oakland. Well, I was born in Arkansas. Okay. But at two months, I came to Oakland and lived in the Bay Area. Oakland, the surrounding burbs and all that stuff. And at what point did you decide I'm funny? Like I need to, I need to do this. I never did that. Um, and a lot of people say that I was funny back in school, but um, I think I, I have seven brothers and sisters. First of all, I'm the eighth of eight kids, so you sort of had to wit, wit your way in and out of the siblings, and we have a pretty sharp tongue sharp witted family so i think i just it got it from from my family actually uh, i'm sure that many kids you had to be funny and fast on your feet <laughs> yeah yeah 
And when was it acting that started first? Was it comedy that stand up that started first? What was the first love of show business for you? The first love was actually the theater, okay? And I think that theater can only help you in anything that you want to do. It teaches you discipline, it teaches you time management, it teaches you how to work with other people, how to take direction. And so um, I had went to go see a play with my friend when I was young and she was in the play and it was opening night. And we got to go backstage. So that's when I first was like, you know, cause I watched the play and I was like, wow, this is great. And then I went backstage and like a lot of us did, I saw the ropes and I saw, I mean, I remember this like it was yesterday. I saw the curtains and the ropes and the wigs and the wardrobe. And then I went to the party and everybody was eating little finger foods and signing the, the programs and taking pictures. Everybody was so happy and festive drinking champagne. I remember looking at everybody and was like, I don't know what this is, but I want to do this. And that's when I got the bug. How it transitioned into comedy was a whole nother you know, it'll be in the book. But uh, yeah. I, I, w I went, I did uh, theater and, and then went and did, um, I think I did film and television after that because I was in the Bay Area and um, somebody couldn't go to an audition. They sent me, you can't do that anymore these days, but they sent me and then I got the role. So the first movie I ever did was So I Married an Axe Murderer, cult film before Mike Myers started any of his beautiful Austin Powers trilogies. And then the second movie I did that got me into the union was also filmed in San Francisco on Alcatraz. That was The Rock starring Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Yep. And Between look, that time, with, with Mike Myers' movie, I was a brunette. I hadn't got into my blondness yet. When I did The Rock, I was blonde and I've been that way now for like, you know, 40 something years. Well, it's iconic. Your look is iconic and your personality, the, 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 the joy that you give us and your characters are so, are, are just so much fun. I love to see you light up a screen. Um, what an amazing, I can't believe you did. So I married an ex murderer and weren't union at the end of it. Well, that was my first movie. So if you watch it, okay. When you're, when you're in your first film, you get what they call Taft Hartley. They will, wave you from having to join the union because they don't know if you're serious or not. By the second movie, that's when you become a must join. That's when you're like, oh, okay, you want to do this thing. <laughs> so because I did the first movie, when it came time to do um, the ADR for it, the voiceover stuff, to go back, correct this or that, they didn't have to call me because I wasn't union. So they called somebody else. So if you watch So I Married an Axe Murder, it's my nails, my face, me, but it's a white woman's voice coming out of my mouth. Trivia. That's it. That's trivia. <laughs> Uh, I I joked before for many um, people, you know, of, of my age and stage. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Borat. I was obsessed with it. You steal. You steal the show. I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like to be a part no, of. No, you can't. <laughs> I can't. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, you know, to be at home one day, like the audition was wild, you know, 
They just wanted somebody to come in there and sort of dress like a hooker, easy. And then they <laughs> wanted me to, uh, I just wore what, you know, my regular clothes. And then they wanted me to like, pretend like you're at a fancy dinner party and tell a wild story of, of your hooker stuff. And I did that. Now this was pre-COVID. So during one of the stories, I took Sasha's hand because by the way, I didn't know who Larry Charles, our director was. He looked like Einstein or something. And I didn't know who Sasha was because I'd only seen him as Ali G. Right. So, but, but during the audition, I took his hand and I, and I sucked his <laughs> finger. Now, I don't know if that's what got me to roll, but everybody's sucking something in Hollywood, so I just had to suck a finger. That's the key. That's well, the key to success. And it gets worse from there, trust me. The, story, the, book I could, the book I could do about the making of Borat, I swear. Well, we're waiting because it's iconic. It's a piece of film history, and um, it will live forever. It will live forever. It will live forever. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like herpes. It's not going away. It's coming back up, and 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 it absolutely made me the most money of any film to date, because literally there were only five celebrities in the movie, and everybody else, as much as they complained and whined when it came out, they all signed releases. Everybody wants to be on TV, honey, no matter what they say. No matter how mm -hmm. drunk they are, no matter how racist they are, they all want to be on TV. And the movie was so wild, but it also shed a light on what people say when they think that nobody's paying attention. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah. And, and more prevalent and important than ever nowadays. It's crazy. Well, you know, let me tell you what a, what a, what a prophetic guy this Sasha was. He actually, during the movie in Borat, he took a dump in front of Trump, Trump Tower. <laughs> forward. Okay. And the rest is literally and history. The rest is history. <laughs> there was 96 arrests during the filming of that movie. Baby, I'm telling you, one day, I'm... you and me, lunch, a bottle of wine, I will tell you some stuff, and it's not a secret no more. It's Don't tease me. Because it got, it, no, no, I'm for real. And, and we'll go. We'll go to uh, Tavern on the Green, and we'll be very, be very posh. Mm -hmm. I'm done. My treat. I want to. I got it. I, my treat. Let's go. I love a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know that movie was nominated for Academy Award, but of course they never. They, which is why we're trying to change the Academy, mm -hmm. they never give uh, Academy Awards to comedies. Never, never. And it it was ground. It's a groundbreaking groundbreaking film. Truly, it was. And the thing that was, I could have been a big star, but when Ken was doing, when Ken and Sasha were doing all the press, I couldn't do any because I had to sign a six month gag order where I wouldn't tell nobody that I wasn't a prostitute. <laughs> when I went to the bars and the restaurant, people was going, that's that hooker, that's that hooker from the time. <laughs> well, uh, I currently, love so much to turn on HBO Max. I'm kind of obsessed with hacks and you you bring such a joy. There you are at, with as Angela the, with Angela. Angela. Yeah. That's what a fun of the great that's the daughter of the great Marley Gibb. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not. 
Oh, that's Molly Gibbs' daughter. Mm -hmm. Her mother is the great Molly Gibbs. And they did not know that Angela and I knew each other and were great friends when they cast us. They cast us. We looked at the car. She's like, what? What, girl? Are you on the girl? Me too. I'll see you tomorrow at work. And we love to work with each other. And so I think that that came over in our scenes because the first season we did one episode, but the second season we did four. So I'm praying. I know the show's going to go on. I just hope oh. that Angela and I get to go on uh, because they don't really write movies for older women in this town, but they did. And see what happened because Hacks got 19 nominations in the first season. That don't happen. They won like 10 of them. And you know, yep. you think Jean Smart, you think Jean Smart, you think that designing women was, was her the best thing she ever gonna do. Mm -mm. She and isn't. Hannah, the girl who plays, the, she never done a show before. It's insane. It's, it's, it, you know, it's the best writing on TV, truly. And I didn't know it was about stand-up comedy, which I am, until I got the script. I'm like, what? So yeah, it is some the writing that 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 um that assistant girl. <sighs> it's so good. I hear you. I can't wait. I binge watch it. I can't wait. You are you all you are some cast in that. Uh -huh. Luna, you I can't think of someone else who had the privilege and pleasure. I'm a but as a kid, me and my brother used to rent every week at the Palmer Video in New Jersey a different Eddie Murphy film till we saw every single one of them. I don't think there's anyone who has done two Eddie Murphy films in a year. Here's your post with, with the great legend that he is. I love Dolmite. I loved Coming to America too. What was it like, if you don't mind sharing, to be on set with, with the legend that is Eddie Murphy on one and be in his films? Well, can I show you something? You give me sure, please. Seconds? Okay. Yeah, you can take all the time you want. I don't. Hold on, baby, I got one more thing to show you about Eddie. Okay. I love that. First I of all, this stays in my living room at all times, and um, this is me and Eddie. Ah, see, I can't see <laughs> Yes, that's a okay. beautiful. I knew, <laughs> I knew, um, I knew Eddie before I worked with him. Eddie knew me before I worked with him, cause I was really good friends with Charlie. Rest in peace. Yeah. And you know, did stand up, and then also Charlie had put me in a crazy, wacky movie called The Hustle, and um, not to be confused with you know Adam Sandler's Hustle that's out now, and um. So Eddie knew me already. We had met several times. So when I, I got the audition, I was like, oh my God, this would be fucking fantastic. And then I got the, the part. But when I had to work with him, I didn't freak like I would have had I never met the mm -hmm. icon that is Eddie Murphy. I was like, hey, Eddie, you know, and I got to tell him a few things. I got to tell him that I worked with Dolomite when Dolomite was alive. I got to show him the albums and the VHS tapes that Dolomite gave me when he was alive. And I got to finally tell him face to face how so, so sorry I was about, you know, losing Charlie, you know? So that was a moment. 
And then in the scene, I didn't have to share them with anybody. It was just he and I. And I love that. And I always wanted to play a, a period piece, which this was, because when I was in that kitchen, everything in the kitchen is everything that my mom used to have, like in the 60s. The egg timer and the electric skillet was a big new thing. And uh, some of the wallpaper and stuff, I'm like, oh, the retro, this is taking me back. So it was a complete and total joy. He Then to move from Dolomite and get cast again and coming to America, which the pride that I felt every day coming to work, whether Eddie was there or not, was just the fact that this is on Tyler Perry's studio, that he had just built all those sound stages dedicated to all the Black artists. And look at all the movies that Halle Berry's done for Hollywood. Do you think they named a sound stage after her? They didn't. No. Look at all the movies that Cecily Tyson has done for Hollywood. Do you think they named a sound stage after her? They didn't. But every day when we come to work, it's like Sidney Floyd Gay, Oprah Winfrey, Whoopi Goldberg, Ossie Davis and Ruby D. So the pride, and then everybody was there from extras to catering was super glad to be there. And you got a lot of the people that was in the earlier movie, John Amos and Shari Hadley. Then they threw in like Rick Ross and you know stuff like that. And the wardrobe was amazing. Ruth Carter's the first black woman to win an Oscar for wardrobe. And she did Dolomite and this, and she styles Eddie, and she's done some other stuff. And just to come and watch him and Arsenio goof off every day. Like, who was late to work? It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. I was early. They were like, Linnell, you're here before catering. I'm like, well, another great comedian actor that you work with often is Adam Sandler. I, I would be, you know, there's a whole generation of people who know you as the shrunken head oh, from your. There I am. There I am. <laughs> Come on, Mavis. Um, I, I can't think of a better voice than this this voice for for uh, animation. And then, I mean, Lunell, this 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 that's my boy. What a scene stealing. Uh, scene stealing moment. <laughs> yeah, tits out through the whole thing. They were prosthetic. My boobs do not sit up like that. They were inside. That thing was like a bra. But, you know, and then you have James Kahn and Todd Bridges and you have Rex Ryan who's coach of the Jets and Tony Orlando and uh, uh, Andy Samberg and Susan Sarandon and her daughter Ava. Okay? Just to name a few. And mm -hmm. then... I wanted to work with Adam. Who don't want to work with Adam? And he's a swell, 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 swell guy. He's a swell guy. And that movie, I thought, should have got more acclaim, too. Because it's really hilarious. Really. Totally inappropriate. Oh, this is what happened. Everybody had got so used to Adam being nicey, nice, make nice, nice movie, nice, nice, little nice, nice movie. But then he went back to his roots. As you know, this is dick in a box, Adam Sandler. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. <laughs> and so he, he did that. And all the moms, you know, all the soccer moms got the kids together. Let's go see Adam Sandler new movie. But they didn't realize it said it was rated R now. And so they brought the kids in the first five minutes. You know what's happening with the teacher and the student. And they went screaming from the movie theater. So we kind of want to flock about from. 
Well, it's really, it's great. It's funny. It's streaming. Make sure you check it out. You are, a, as always. Is it a, streaming? Oh, God. It is. is it? Yes, it is. I checked right before we started chatting. <laughs> What's it on? I saw it on, uh, I'm going to double check and let you know. I don't know if you it was on. It was or or net was it net? I gotta check. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna let you, you know. know. I th both that movie and Borat, I have tried to watch since, and I just was like, oh my god, no! Borat, I couldn't get into fat. I couldn't get past the first ten minutes for Borat. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, uh, listen, I could watch it every day. It, it kills me. It cracks me up. Speaking of, of legends and comedy, congratulations. You know, LA, the, the papers there, they voted you one of the 25 funniest people in the world. The Comedy Store is the iconic comedy store. It's the comedy club of comedy clubs. Congratulations on making the Wall of Fame and being a part of that. Can you tell us about that and a little bit about what Fat Tuesdays is, which is now on Amazon to hear about the history uh, of what went on in that building? Fat Tuesday is a documentary on Amazon, P-H-A-T, not mm -hmm. F-A-T. That was the title of the comedy night that we had as black comics at the comedy store on Hollywood, uh, on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Now, the comedy store used to be Ciro's back in the day. Well, you know, Lucille Ball, Ricardo, everybody, all the yeah. gangsters and all the hot, you know, used to be a really big, like, mob restaurant place they let see sure about it they made it into the comedy store she's probably sure's mother all that um there's been many documentaries done on the comedy store but they failed to mention that our night because comedy you know let's face it is pretty segregated mm -hmm. you got gay night you got black night you got latin night you got west indian night and you got you know all these different nights it's up to you to go to what you want to go to. So the comedy store, Guy Tory is a comedian. He was in the movie Life with Eddie and all that. Um, was the host of Fat Tuesday. And he just started it in the little room upstairs, the belly room, and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it ended up being the hottest night because we never saw a gathering of black people on Sunset Boulevard without the police being in the middle of it. And Everybody would come through there from athletes to musicians to everybody. And literally the the Fat Tuesday night kept the comedy store afloat for like 10 years. And it was every Tuesday night, which is an odd night to go out. You know, when I moved from Oakland to Los Angeles, I had never heard of nobody going out on a Monday or Tuesday night. I'm like, what? Don't you got to go to what? Tuesday. <laughs> what? Like I never heard of nobody going out on I never heard of it. You know, we was Friday, Saturday, Sunday people, you know, until you come to LA. And so on the club are names written in what it's black walls. The club is black walls and on the club all all around the club are comedy legends names written in cursive in white. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor, you know, everybody. And I used to go to the comedy store just as a little little embryo comic. 
And then later I was like, I'm gonna get my name on this wall one day and I would take a white out pin. There's different white out pins you can get. This one had a little little, little paintbrush on it. Mm -hmm. And I used to take the white out pin, I would write my name on the wall. I don't know how the hell they found my name, but every time I came back, that thing was painted over. So as it turns out, many, many years later, Guy Choi did the documentary, Fat Tuesday, and told our story. And at the end of the, I had no idea this was happening either. At the end of the um, documentary, he unveils a wall and it's got our names on it. Like, it took my breath away. Like, we were so excited, we cried. Like Cedric the Entertainer said, he said, I have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but I didn't have my name on the wall at the comedy store. And it really means a lot to be able to drive by and see it. They have my daughter take pictures under it. Any of my friends that come to LA, they'll take pictures under it. And my family has seen it. And it's really, it means everything, everything, everything. <laughs> That's beautiful. Congratulations. I can't wait. I'm going to watch the documentary with you all in it. It's, it's just get, you watch will it. Love it's, it. it's a wonderful, wonderful documentary. I love that comedy is still segregated. So when it's gay, black night, that's the night I'm coming. I'll suck a finger. <laughs> <if> it's... <laughs> well, it's more popular than not. I'm <laughs> no, you know, pretty popular as blacks in comedy. But, um, yes. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a good time. And that's why I'm still doing it. You know, oh, I'm. I'm unemployable. <laughs> I got too bad an attitude to be punching in. Don't sweat me because I'm two minutes late from lunch. What was I going to do in them two minutes? Anyway, that, I was going to be that, in the bathroom putting on my lip gloss. So what do you don't? I can't. Well, speaking of comedy, firstly, Netflix is a joke. You steal that. The funniest, I mean, the you talk about the, old, the senior home. I mean, I was dead. That whole... Everyone watch that as well. Have a whole Lunell weekend. Watch yeah, all watch one. all of this. <laughs> watch it all. And then Philly, New York, everybody that's in the that can hear my voice, you need to go right now and get your tickets. Go to heylunell.com because Lunell L U E N E L L. That's how you spell it. That that's how yeah, and look, come let see me her. Spell hey too. There it is. Look at that. HeyLunell.com. And yeah, I love the East Coast. I always have, I love the men on the East Coast. <laughs> and I love just the fact that for some reason, you know, New York can't catch a break. They keep trying to tear it down and they are the most resilient people in the world. I give them props. And y'all must have the tightest asses in the world because you walk every damn where. You know, I'm a bougie, uber-taking Hollywood girl. I'm like, what? They don't have a cart for me? I got to go to the corner? Uh, that's me. But in New York, y'all walk everywhere. They'll, you'll be like, it's just a couple of blocks. Like, this is a quarter of a mile. What are you talking about? I'm not trying to sweat. But New York is, is badass. And if you're there, whether you're there in the summer and you're out in, in a boat on the Hudson, or whether you're there in the winter and you're watching the lighting of the Christmas tree at Rock Center, New York has got some of the greatest museums and people and music and all that kind of stuff. I, I just I don't think I could live there though. I'm just I'm too I'm too bougie, child. I we're not putting Lunell on a subway. I understand. I get it. 
I did it once. I did take the A train to Harlem. And uh, let's just say I'm an Uber girl. Let's <laughs> well, go to carolines.com. You're there from the first all the way to the fourth. There's a bunch of shows. I'm six. I'm six shows. I'll be there. I will be there. I want to hug you. I don't care about monkeypox or none of that. I don't. I promise you. Vaccinated. I, mean, I don't care about monkeypox. Okay, <laughs> have you seen it? I've said. I know leprosy when I see it. I don't want no more. No, if I thank get monkey pie, It's over for Lunel. I'm gonna tell you right now. No. I, can't. I can't. No, I've seen it in people's faces. People's. It's horrible. What a horrible. No. So we're gonna pray for that. We're gonna. We're gonna, pray gonna, for, we're gonna pray about that. I, amen to that, Lunel. I'm so excited. Are you you've literally like. Um, from the sec, I saw Miracle on 125th Street. I I posted it after that movie. You reposted it, and I was like, I love this woman so much. She has brought me so much joy, just being who she is. And I have, from that point on, was like, I need to talk to her because I need to tell her, thank you for the sacrifices, the work, and the time and energy you put into this business because you've given us a lot of joy. Thank you for the work. I appreciate that so much because I know I know what my heart feels when you say that and thank you. And it has been a sacrifice, but all, but all this goofy stuff inside, I'm still a mother and I've mm -hmm. missed a lot of things being on the road and not being around my daughter. That is why I have a campaign to be the next black woman in late night so that if I ever have a grandchild, I'll be able to go to work and come home. I don't want to be on the, on the road for my grandchild. Plus, we need to break up that little snow flurry that goes on in late night. White man, uh -huh. white man, white man, white man, white man, white man. Not a woman, not a Latina, not a, guess what? It's going to be me. And you heard it here first. I'm ready. I'm Where do I sign up? Let's go. You ready for me in late night? I am, I am so ready for you in late night. I'll, let, I'll let Sherry have the daytime. She can learn how to make a Christmas tree wreath out of toilet paper. <laughs> Fine. I want to be a late night sipping a uh, scotch. Yeah. Well, Just I like loved you. Johnny Carson used to do. Yes. Him and Ed McMahon, they was toasted. And I'm here for it. I am here for that. I am here for that. And I'm here to toast you at Tavern on the Green and see you at Caroline. So I'm ready for you. Anytime. We Say the word. Break. We going to cut up. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate you. You're Thanks. so beautiful. You, everybody. See you at. See you at Helium in Philly. See you at, the, at Caroline's in New York City. Well, everybody, there you have it. What a joy, what a sweetheart, what a generous spirit. Um, I can't wait to see her. I hope you'll see her too uh, when she hits a stage near you. Stream the Netflix comedy special or stream Fat Tuesdays on Amazon Prime. Make sure you support and send some love. Follow Lunel at Lunel on Instagram. Everyone, join me every single week for the roundtable. We're talking to artists about art. My name is Robert Bannon. If you want more information on me, go to robertbannon.com, and I will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 